0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Kiss My Angelus. I am Sarah B., the Sleepy Bandit, and I'm so excited to have you all back for another episode of my feminist podcast. Today is February 28th, Oscar Sunday, and joining me are two amazing actresses currently navigating the industry and fucking killing it, Stacey Fontaine and Emily Bell. Aside from sending positive vibes to Leonardo DiCaprio, what up Leo? We'll be discussing diversity in Hollywood or the horrifying lack thereof. After the show, you can find all relevant links in the post and be sure to subscribe to the Kiss My Angeles newsletter for new episodes every two weeks. Let's get to it. Oh. So who are you guys voting for or like rooting for? What movies did you see? Which? Did you love? Which did you hate? There are a lot of there are a lot of good movies out for this year. Yes,
1: for Best Picture, the ones that stand out. I'm I'm married to an Irishman, so I'm definitely going for Brooklyn. But not just because of the Irish thing, but also because Saoirse Ronan is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous in that movie. Mm-hmm. And so, the movie itself is beautiful and just amazingly well
0: done. She is in Ho- Hosiers new video, Mm -hmm. and that's actually in the newsletter with this episode of the podcast, because it was so amazing, and she's so great in it, even though it's a music video, like it's a real performance. So, I haven't seen Brooklyn, but I'll see it as soon as Apple TV lets me rent it. Yes.
1: So, Brooklyn is on my high list. The Revenant, come on now, obviously. Room is,
0: (sighs) Room. Room. Completely oh, wrecked my, God. my life in the best way possible. Wow! <laughs> I watched Room yesterday, oh. and it was devastating, <laughs> but so good. Like so good. not sad in the way that you wouldn't want to watch it. Like, yeah, really mm. worth the watch. Yeah, and I haven't like felt that. Like you know, I like was out of breath in like certain scenes of that film. That yeah. I haven't felt like that about a movie in a long time. Yeah. Brie Larson is a badass. She's on the red carpet right now as we're watching during our Oscars slumber yeah. party. Whoa, you nice. Know she's got a nice, very nice dress,
2: dress. too. Um, so I saw all the Best Picture ones except The Big Short and The Revenant. I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> don't get okay. me it's out. Okay.
0: I tried. You can't watch them all, but you really went through. Okay, so what else do we so got on here? The Big I, Short. Did I really, I mean,
2: there's so many good ones. So I'd say... Mad Max is amazing. Really, really great. Probably my number one choice, but Bridge of Spies was super good. Did you guys see that one?
0: I didn't see that one. Really, that one. Uh, Tom Hanks. Oh, Okay. Um, And oh wait, did we watch the? I think we watched the trailer for that yesterday. Bridge of Spies. No, all right.
2: Uh, Room was amazing. Spotlight was really good. Oh my god, like so many movies, sort of about real stories Mm -hmm. that highlight the underdog that like, kind of um, brought people's attention to an injustice. Oh wait, Spotlight is about priests and kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's actually about the uh, team, the small four-person investigative team at a uh, newspaper in Boston that brought the whole thing to light, that brought the whole um, priest, uh, what did you call it, the church covering it up. Yeah, yeah. um, The molestation that went for years. Yeah, and so it was, that was cool because they faced so much adversity because, I mean, the church, it was just crazy how how yeah. long and how powerful, how long they have been covering it up and how powerful they were. So Right, at like silencing
0: other people. Yes,
2: yes. And so you go to see like the obstacles that this investigative team comes across. Um, so, but I'd have to say I think for best picture,
0: I'm going to vote for Mad Max. I think okay. they're going to be the winner. That's fair considering you haven't seen The Revenant. <laughs> Otherwise, no. I, I honestly feel like Mad Max was really like engaging the whole time, mm-hmm. and Revenant it felt like a different type of movie. Yeah. You know, it was like intense in its own way. Yeah. But Mad Max really like from the it never stopped. Yeah, never like, stopped. you didn't get a second to breathe. Like it was really really good. But uh, and and of I, course, yeah. Oh,
2: sorry. What were you gonna say?
0: just like the the feminism and the character casting and like how the story was told and that the women were kind of leading this whole.
2: I was gonna say that I really love about it. And in addition, um, I read a really interesting article by a woman who uh, is an amputee. And she's like, you know, you never see amputees in starring roles in movies unless it's a defining characteristic of them. Right, that's very true. and Charlize Theron's character, it's never mentioned. It's never like a plot point that right. she's missing her arm. Uh, it's very realistic the way that she'll take off her, um, what, what do you call it? The, the prosthetic, prosthetic. The prosthetic, yeah. because she, this woman who wrote the articles, like prosthetics are actually quite uncomfortable. Right. So she just, I just, so in addition to the fact that it showed the strong female character, I also, that article made me realize I really liked how they portrayed this woman who was an
0: amputee and they didn't make it a defining characteristic. Right. And like, it's it's crazy. I mean, with all this talk of diversity in Hollywood and at the Oscars, like, I feel like if you weren't an amputee or maybe like impacted by someone in your life who was, like, it maybe wouldn't occur to you to write it that way or to include that. And like, for it to make such a difference in the life of somebody who is an amputee, Mm -hmm. it's so easy not to think about when it's not you, which Mm -hmm. I think is really the underlying thing in Hollywood is like, you know, it might not mean as much to you to not have people of color or whoever, you know, portrayed if it's, if you're not a person of color, like, because it's just different. It's different because you see people who look like you all the time on TV and to not, I I can't even imagine what that's like. So, you know, I know they're kind of trying to make strides, but Stacey, you are a black actress. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel like, your career has gone so far. I know you've done some amazing things and and you know what are some of your opinions on just the whole diversity in Hollywood or lack of diversity in Hollywood according to the horrifying statistics? Yeah, the statistics are
1: terrible. I mean, it there's so we have so much more to do. So um we need to we need to do better for sure. Uh, but I think the, the the main thing is is You know, at the get-go, you have to hire people who are diverse. You know, these are the people who want—we want to share our own stories. So these are the people who are going to write, you know, uh, true characters for ourselves. And so it's going to start at the studios. It's going to start in the writer's room. So it's important to write, um, like, to do—to hire people of color to tell our stories But, um, you know, I was telling Sarah about Ava DuVernay. I talk about her all the time. It's just, it's always going to come up because I just think she's amazing. But she, you know, was having these same issues where she had these movies that were coming out and she was getting a lot of no's. And she just decided to start her own distribution company and she was going to be her own studio head. She was going to be, you know, spearheading these projects and hiring people of color who were writers or on, you know, part of her production team and that kind of thing. But um, there's another actress called Jack A. Harry. She was on a show called 227 like a long time ago. I grew up watching it. It was like a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. But it was a really great black TV show, comedy, sitcom. And she was saying that, you know, even if it wasn't a person of color who's in the writing room or anything like that, we just want people who are interested in telling our stories, even if it's right. a white male, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because, um, you know, How to Get Away with Murder, Shauna Rhimes is the... Is the showrunner, but the creator is a white male. Mm -hmm. But he was interested in telling a black woman's story, you know, Mm -hmm. and he wrote a strong black character, right? And so we just like it's
0: doable. It's doable,
1: you know. It's it would be amazing, and it's preferable to have people of color who are in the writers room who are the heads, right? But we just want people to want to see us as well,
0: yeah, and to look past the so in-the-box characters. You know, we were talking about this when there were a couple of shows we picked up, um, one of them being Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce and another one I can't remember, but it was essentially the same story of like an um, 40 or older woman who was recently out of her relationship. And it was so frustrating to see that like, all of them seemed to have zero social skills or it was like they had been freed from capture and they didn't know how to talk to another human being because they're, you know, and it felt really weird. Like, I feel like, you know, it was downplaying so much of the strength that women have in and out of their marriage. And if they get a divorce or whatever happens after that, like, how come you can't go out and talk to people? Why is it that your marriage meant that you couldn't, you know? Mm-hmm. So just to break yeah. out of those different stereotypes and stuff like that, but. It's uh, more
2: like, so is it like that person and their ethnicity or their gender is used as a concept? Like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if this older w- divorced right, woman right. or oh, wouldn't it be interesting if this black uh, female did blank, and as opposed to what does it feel like to be in that position?
0: I think it's like also that it's not even like Wouldn't it be funny if it's almost like that's the only option? Uh. Like those people are like that, or women over 40 are like this. Because you, and it's really because you don't see them portrayed in other ways, Mm. you know? Um, But, you know, outside of that, like you two are auditioning. Emily, you finished a short film and you guys are active in the industry. Do you feel like the roles for women in Hollywood, just from your own experience from going out there and really trying to make a living in this industry, have diversified, have expanded? Do you feel pigeonholed in certain ways? Obviously, for you, Stacey, like you know, on an extra level, like being a black actress on top of being a woman in the industry, but what are your kind of thoughts on your day-to-day, your auditions, how how it all goes, the, the availability of roles for the type of person you are?
2: Well, I don't know about you, Stacy, but when I when I look at like breakdowns, I can't tell you. Breakdowns are the little brief synopsis of what kind of character they're looking for, what kind of actors they need for the role that they're casting. And I can't tell you how many times I read like um, super sexy, you know, it must be like uh, model type, and you know, tall, skinny, size zero to four. They don't even say
1: five, model nine. type. Sometimes they'll just say Adriana Lima. And it's like, okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there is one of that person. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how are you going to cattle call for a bunch of those people? Yeah. And sometimes and,
1: they'll attach a picture like, we want her to look like this. And it'll be Adriana Lima, like Victoria's Secret angel style. Yes. And it's at, like, okay.
0: at what point do they get to what the character says or does or their role in whatever they're casting for?
2: Well, um, it depends on the breakdown, but often that will be followed by uh, knows how to use her sexuality um, what like, does what, that what mean? Are, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, what? seductress, uh, mm-hmm. just so, now this is a generalization. I get, a, I see a lot of those breakdowns, but on the flip side. So I still think that, yes, there's a lot of these, um, kind of boxed in roles for women, very prevalent on the other side. we were seeing, I mean, we talk about this all the time, amazing actresses paving the way. Like Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, uh, Mindy Kaling, right. Amy Schumer, they're all like, not just actors, but they're writers. They have their own companies. And um, I was just talking with my uh, co-producer, Ron, who helped me produce a short film, or we produced it together, and we also acted in it. And uh, hopefully we'll get to a point where we're able to you know, pitch it to people and perhaps sell it to make it into something else, like a series or a feature film. And he was like, you know, Emily, If we're able to sell this, like let's say somebody said, hey, we want you to make this into a feature film, gave us some money to do it, we would be in a position then as the producers to hire people of diversity. Right. So I think that's another avenue where we're able to start bringing in more diversity if we want to because- we can create, you know, like the whole internet thing. You can raise your money to produce your own film. And Which then- you did. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah, you kind of went through the whole process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to wait for anybody else anymore. And I, it didn't occur to me until Ron told me that. But also, if you get to a certain point... By producing your own work, you can also be the one in charge of introducing more diversity. Right, yeah. Which really excited me. I was like, oh my God, you're so right. Like
0: you get to, you know, be a part of the solution in a very real way. Yes, as opposed
2: to being like, oh, it's so unfair or or just seeing all the stuff that kind of pisses me off, like these breakdowns. Right, right. But, you know, now I can participate in the movement that I'm also witnessing.
0: Absolutely. I think that's probably, I mean, although those— that avenue comes with its own challenges, like funding the money and doing all of that stuff and hopefully getting it in the right hands. It, it seems to be the, the avenue for creating more diversity, like instead of rearranging or, you know, these like really old antiquated systems Mm -hmm. in Hollywood, just like creating your own. um, Well, even like like this
2: podcast, like it doesn't have to be on such a big scale. It can even start small scale, like, you know,
1: My favorite example, too, is Shonda Rhimes, who's just changed the world, I feel like, when it comes to primetime television. uh, TGIT, which is like Thursday, she's done Grey's Anatomy, which is 12 years, I think, now. Uh, How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal, just showcasing people of color in the most wonderful of ways. And Mara Bracka Kill, who does um, Being Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. That show is everything to me. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but... It's Great. this amazing show, uh, you know, and it features Gabrielle Union, and most of the cast is black. But it's just, it's there's, it's not stereotypical at all. It's, it's not just, about
0: being black. It's not about being yeah. black. About
1: being Mary Jane. You know, yeah. it's just a story about this woman who's so three-dimensional, who's so totally. complicated. Sometimes you hate her. Sometimes yes, you hate her decisions. that's my favorite part of sometimes that show. Sometimes you love her. You're
0: not always on her side. Exactly. And I think that's all... Anybody who any of like um, any marginalized group kind of wants, like the not only the freedom to be like represented or to mm-hmm. see yourself, but also to like see yourself as a three dimensional mm-hmm. human being. Yeah. It's flawed yeah. and, and that's totally it. When I was watching Being Mary Jane, like I. Sometimes I was like, what the hell are you doing? Yes. And sometimes it was like, yes, I'm, you know, inspired by this character. But that altogether was just a more well-rounded person. Yes. And you don't I always have to love them, you know?
1: Especially those episodes where she does really create, like, embarrassing things. Yeah. Or just really yeah. secret moments, like, in her bathroom. And, and it's, like- lo-
0: it's awesome because she's beautiful. Yeah. And she isn't, like, this perfect person, even though she has a great job, but she's really stressed out and Mm -hmm. her relationship, she can't seem to get it together. And yeah, she does her embarrassing, like hiding empty bottles of like liquor in her Mm -hmm. bathroom cabinet or something Mm -hmm. like that. But yeah, it's, it's great because there's also like the idea that the good looking people on TV just kind of skate through and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, those kind of just really basic characters, like, you know, um, Matthew McConaughey gets cast in like he's just like a piece of meat type of thing, um, but yeah. So I mean, what about you, Stacey? What are your kind of day to day auditions like? You you audition multiple times a week, and you know you have an agent that brings auditions to you, right? You're not kind of scouring for them yourself.
1: Yeah, I mean, commercially for sure. I, I mean, it's kind of the same thing. I definitely come across, you know, those breakdowns that are very like you can tell what they want when they want a black person, you know. You well, can give tell, us
0: an example. What you are, know,
1: sassy, no nonsense, like um, urban. Those like keywords, yeah, urban, buzzwords. That yeah. yeah. Um, so you, you do come across those, but you, you there are times as well though that you know people are making strides with even how they put breakdowns out. You know, right. sometimes it is just you know ethnicity not important, not not important, but you know that's not exactly what we're looking for. Or that's not like, you know, we just want this certain thing, but, and they don't mention ethnicity, which yeah. is nice when I go for those things. Cause I go into the room and it could go either way. I could go into the room and see so many people. And I'm like, these people don't know what they want, you know? Yeah. So they just want to see everybody. Sometimes you do go into the room and you see everybody who looks like you, which is okay too. I get it. You know, people have ideas of what they want, but I do, I gotta say there are times when I go in and, and it's something really meaty and exciting and, um, I'm on board with it, which is exciting nice. too. So yeah. that those are the things that really keep you going, because you're like, oh, this is happening, you know.
0: <laughs> so, what was it in your uh, upbringing? Um, you know, especially like in our youth, I think things are definitely getting more diverse, and at least like you said, people are trying a little bit harder and with the internet and more access and stuff like that. But when you were younger, or whenever it hit you that you that you were wanted to be actors and this was it. Um, what do you feel like, in particular, things you saw on TV, like, what led to that decision? What were those kind of influential things that you saw on TV that helped you kind of, you know, this is it, this is what I want to do? I know, I think, like, yeah, tell Tell me kind of about that experience. I know it might not just be what you were watching, but mm-hmm. what I'm, were some of those things? What I
1: was watching definitely contributed to it, like, the show 227, if you ever get a chance. it's. I, I don't know how it will be— Watching it now, because it's it was from the 80s, like yeah. it might be a little different, but when I was watching it growing up, it was great. It was just like these black actresses, hilarious comedic actresses, amazing. Unfortunately, the reputation of The Cosby Show is tarnished now, but when I was watching right. it then, it was really influential. Hey, just the
0: reputation of Bill Cosby. Just the right? reputation of yeah. show. You're the right, show thank good. you. Yeah.
1: Exactly, that was really positive for me to see. There's a show called A Different World mm-hmm. that was kind of a spinoff. Uh, one of the daughters went to a college um, That was huge for me because it showed—it was full black cast. It showed college-aged people. You know, there was a med student. There was a girl who was, like, a debutante. There was a girl who was, like, a hippie. And, Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, really beautiful examples of— the spectrum of black in America,
0: you know? did, did you know when watching those shows, I mean, obviously maybe not to the full extent, but did you know the impact that they were having on you? Or is it like looking back that you were like, man, I used to watch those and I felt something? It did. It did because I grew up in a predominantly
1: white area. Mm-hmm. Well, I won't, it wasn't predominantly white, it was predominantly Hispanic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I knew what that looked like, I knew that was a different thing. I feel like it might've been different for somebody who grew up in a predominantly black area and black was all they saw and all that thing. And then, okay, this is normal. People go to college and they go to black college and like they're around black people all the time. It was really, it was striking to me. And I thought it was so amazing and so beautiful. So I recognized that, I recognized it was a positive thing I was watching. Right. Mm. Um, And it just had a really big impact on me for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: When um, I-, I think for me the main thing that inspired me to want to be an actor was watching movies where I, I think I, I have a thing for underdogs. The underdog gets a voice, and everybody, a character is misunderstood, and then at the end they're finally heard, they're finally seen mm-hmm. for who they are, and uh, and and accepted for that. And because uh, I have a few movies. From my childhood, that I just would watch over and over and over again. What movies? Um, The Boy Who Could Fly. I know, (laughs) right? I love that. Uh, But (laughs) that was a big
1: one. So good. Um, As I got older, there was That one holds up to this day, too, because she only had me watch that like last year, and I was like, that's an amazing movie.
0: I definitely have to check that out, because I remember (laughs) you mentioned that in in the performance we saw you in. Yeah.
2: So good, so good. I mean, that's like a classic. I mean, there's a lot of others that aren't coming to my mind right away from my childhood, but I know ones as a, an older, as a, like a, a teen and a young adult. Uh, Aaron Brockovich. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Philadelphia story. Or not Philadelphia story. The one where Tom Hanks plays the um, man with AIDS. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. like movies like that, uh, are just so they were so important to me because I was like, even though I was never a minority and I grew up in a very white community mm-hmm. um, uh, in Minnesota, it was, a, it was a very accepting community and I went to a church that was very much about inviting uh, people from the LGBT community in. Mm-hmm. But the fact of the matter it just of, of it was there just wasn't that many people there right. um, that were LGBT that were of different ethnicities, even though we were welcoming and so, seeing the, these kinds of stories made me really want to be a part of that, uh, like I don't know, a, a movement of accepting and actually like um, meeting people and communicating and getting to right. know people that were not just white yeah. middle class yeah. Americans. Um, There's a whole world
0: outside of room. Yeah. You yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: my god. <laughs> So I think now how that's influenced me is is being um, just being in this industry and knowing so many people that are outside of that box that I grew in that the very specific ethnic box. Um, it makes me really excited to tell those kind of stories to right. be a part of those stories, and uh, just dovetailing what you guys were saying too about like wanting to see and hear, loving the stories about people of different ethnicities. Uh, Where it's not about that, it's about like who they are as a person. Right. I also want to see more stories like that uh, for people in the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Right. It's not the
0: main part of the story. Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. That, oh, this guy is gay, so that's his defining characteristic. Right. Um, There was a a film that made it to Outfest um, either this year or last year, and it starred a transgender woman as a detective. And the whole story was about the crime that she was solving, but it wasn't about the fact that she was transgender, even though she was transgender. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just, I love stuff like that. And it really inspires me to want to be, continue to be a part of that.
0: I think it helps like humanize um, people who are different. When like, you know, we're, we moved from like not showing them at all to showing them only in this traditional or like stereotypical filter to now like, yeah, I'm gay and Mm -hmm. I'm a woman and, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. a person of color and, and it's not, it's not just about that because it doesn't, I mean, that's so old and so boring. And then it's almost like you start getting like, you get over the taboo of it or like the salacious, like part of, you know, being different or whatever. And you just start to see the person for who they are. It's like, you know when. I don't know, like when women are overly sexualized. And once you can finally get fucking past the boobs and the ass, like you can start to see a person there.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, there are a few movies too, going back to like things that influenced you. I loved so you were just watching watching the red carpet and Whoopi Goldberg was on the other, you know. Oh, yeah, oh, she looks great. She influenced me so much growing up. Like things as serious as the color purple, which blew me away. Mm-hmm. I saw when I was really young, which is I don't know if you've seen that movie, oh, but yeah. it's, so striking to see when you're young but things like the sister act you know oh, i yeah. was like yeah yes. sister act ghost family. did you ever see her in star ghost trek cuz she played a really no. cool role in star trek oh that that's was cool amazing. she played like this
2: like really wise sort of therapist role um but it was never about her ethnicity either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was just smart, and people went to talk to her. Like mm-hmm. the captain of the ship would go and get
1: counsel from her. Amazing. Yeah, so she was great. Sister Act was It always ranged. It always ranged. You know, she's it's still like in I could view? say something really. Yeah, I think, I think so. so she is. Yeah, could say she's something the really last, deep. Like but Sister
0: Act is definitely one of oh. my God. Yeah, <laughs> Sister no, Act was no. Sister Act is great. <laughs> it's a great, great movie, and yeah. I. It's it's almost like this other side of. Um, pretty woman, Mm. you know, because she's Mm. just like kind of out there doing her own thing and she doesn't want to be there, but she's kind of molded and they each learn from each other, it's really awesome. (laughs) Um, Speaking of uh, Bill Cosby, who you brought up, and recently um, Kesha's lawsuit against her producer, Dr. Luke, who she is claiming uh, raped her and emotionally and physically abused her uh, over their 10-year work relationship or whatever. I a lot of people kind of talk about, you know, why women don't speak up sooner or, you know, what stopped Cosby's like 50 plus accusers of like not coming forward. And I think in Hollywood there was this like traditional thing of like not wanting to get blacklisted by people who are more successful than you or not wanting to, you know, like poke the beast that might that you need to kind of use to further your own career. So, do you guys feel like any of that still holds weight in your own careers? Do you worry about things like aging out of Hollywood or, you know, having to kind of like bend a little bit to these things just to get ahead? Or do you feel kind of liberated by the internet and the things that are happening with Netflix and with Amazon that are like opening up the doors for different types of media and
1: I stories? I do. Never, I've never um, felt the age thing. And I don't know if that's because you I look amazing. St- no. <laughs> stop it. <laughs> nice. no. thank you. I don't know if that's because I think if I had started when I was really young, I mean, I was acting when I was young, but it wasn't like I was in Hollywood when I was young. Yeah. So I think maybe if I'd started when I was, you know, younger, 15, 14, whatever, I might have felt some kind of pressure. Um, but I don't know. I don't necessarily feel the age thing. Okay. Uh, but I definitely... I am excited about this new era of Netflix, and Vimeo even, and you know, just being able to do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, you know? Yeah. If you want something, yeah. if you want a story told, you can just tell totally. it with your iPhone if yeah. you want to. So it is really exciting. I mean, it, it's, it's, it can be more complicated than that because you want to tell compelling stories, you, you have to be smart about what you're writing, and you know, if you want to have a message, you know, come across, you have to be intelligent about writing it. Right. It's just so much easier to
0: get it out there. So it's yeah. definitely exciting. And people are really good at, you know, lifting up things that they support. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, crowdfunding is just yes. a perfect example of that. Yes. And I feel like, you know, with the pro- you know the people protesting the Oscars or everything, for me, when I watch the Oscars, and obviously I'm not in Hollywood, but I'm definitely a consumer, it feels outdated. The whole thing feels outdated uh-huh. and I feel like with people just throwing their work online and there being such a vast array of things and and you can also a not rely on these corporate like entities that kind of dictate a lot of things and really like pigeonhole people. You can also like reach a broader audience and then things like the Oscars just hold lower and lower significance and relevance. It just becomes like old Hollywood, you know. So it's like a, you guys are the brave new frontier. (laughs) It's so
1: interesting that you say people will support what they, you know, want to support because just today they're re-airing American Black Film Festival, um, like the award ceremony for that. So Mm -hmm. it celebrates black film. And um, and also there's a ceremony that happened yesterday that was Essence Every Year Puts on Black Women in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. So it's like this community in Hollywood, and I can only speak because I'm black, so I can speak for the black community in Hollywood, is really big about getting on Twitter, getting on Instagram, spreading this word of, if one of us does well, we all do well. We're a supportive community in Hollywood. You know, these ceremonies we we put on to lift ourselves up, to congratulate the people who are doing good work out there, even if the Oscars doesn't recognize it, you know? Um, Common put Common had a dinner last night as well, celebrating the arts and music, right. and you know, I mean, yeah, because so the Oscars
0: just- is like a you know, awards by your peers in Hollywood. Yeah. And it's almost like you're manifesting your own kind of peer group because yeah. it's more so open. You
1: ha- yeah. And it's yeah. so important to just, you know, okay, if, if we're not being recognized here, I see you. I know you're right. doing a good job. Yeah. We're going to celebrate it.
2: So, and, and then occasionally you get the outliers from those groups and they make it to <laughs> the Oscars and everybody's like, whoa, what is this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they've been supported to the point where they're finally acknowledging that mainstream. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah I was watching um, Misrepresentation, which is a great documentary about uh, how, you know, the images of women are, you know, affecting young girls on on a real level, and um, uh, the director or the writer who wrote 13, Mm -hmm. um, that really amazing, she was saying that, like, none of the big studios would fund it, they just didn't feel like anybody would want to watch a movie about a 13-year-old girl, like, coming-of-age type story, and so she kept going and they filmed it at her house and they used her clothes and they used everything. And of course, like it won awards and then it got picked up eventually and all those kinds of things. Um, So stemming from a conversation I actually had with uh, one of my male friends um, who, you know, was just kind of, he brought up the question, which I think is good to bring up because it's good to kind of just put it in out there. Um, Why do you guys think that it's important to have diversity in Hollywood? Why is it... Uh, a problem or why is it noteworthy that, you know, 95% of studio heads are, you know, uh, white and 100% of them are male? Like, why why do these things matter? Why does it matter that Hollywood is predominantly white and, you know, uh, the positions of power and C-suite executives and stuff are predominantly white and male to you guys in the industry? well, Does it matter
2: to mm-hmm. you? Absolutely, it matters. And I'll say— It matters because you don't know what, you don't know what, other people's experiences are. This is speaking from a white person's perspective. You don't know. Are you a white person? I am a white person. (laughs) Just FYI. (laughs) Way back to the Mayflower. That's how white I am. Um, (laughs) How um, was that voyage? It was rough. You know, we got a little seasick. We're cool though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think you guys have done astonishingly well. Thank you. (laughs) There's a little
2: bit of genocide that happened in between, a little bit of slavery, but we're cool. We're cool now. (laughs) Um, uh but so like i was saying before i grew up in a very uh white suburban area of of minnesota great great place but um you know now being surrounded by so much diversity uh i'd say a huge turning point for me or eye-opener was when stacy and i went to the screening of this film called ellis was it Mm -hmm. um and it was about it's a short film and it stars robert de niro And it's about the people that came to Ellis Island. Mm -hmm. And it's actually shot in like modern day Ellis Island. It's all shut down and it's abandoned. And so they like shoot in these empty corridors and you hear the voiceover of Robert De Niro talking Mm -hmm. about like the story of this fictional man and his journey trying to get through. And um, afterwards, so we were with a group of people, just strangers that had come to the screening and they opened it up to discussion. And it suddenly became a discussion about what people's experiences are like as, um, uh, ethnic people in America. And I was like, I was kind of, I was surprised by just the little, the everyday things that they experience. Like they'll get asked every day, like, Oh, where are you from? Oh, I thought you were Mexican, you know, if they're right. not, you know, or, I, Oh, you speak English or, Oh, you and just like little tiny you speak reminders. So properly. You That's speak, what I get a lot. You speak so you speak really properly. Oh God! Yeah, like stuff like that's that. I was I'm like cringing right now. Oh, that's yes. horrible. And I was like, oh my God! Like it's for me. It's, I'm not racist, but I simply had no idea that that's what their experience is like. Right. On an everyday basis, there's little reminders that they're different. You're yep. different. Yep. You're different. And I've heard g- gay friends too be like, you know, they grew up, they never saw gay couples portrayed in advertisements or. On TV, uh, TV shows or movies, it's always like straight, 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 right. man, woman, man, woman, and so just being in that world. If you do fit into that tight little um, description of what you should be, then you, how would you ha- have any idea that that is actually everyday reminders to other people that they're that they don't fit, mm-hmm. right. and so. I think it's so important that the the whole point that your friend asked this question is case in point yeah. of why yeah. it's so important yeah. to have people with different experiences than the white people of America to come forward and have their voices heard. Yeah. So that we can understand and start to expand our view of of who fits. Yeah, which is everybody. It's
0: almost like you know, it's just it, It's almost like a, a weird thing to have to remind somebody or say that like, hey, not everybody faces the world the same way, and it should matter to you because you can help on the day-to-day, like small things that maybe you say. Like, I don't think the people who tell you you speak so properly are trying to be like outwardly malicious and racist, but it takes— you or somebody who can understand what that translates to to a person of color or you know it's like cat calling for women and with guys mm-hmm. who say like it's a compliment and it's like a who has ever cat called you how do you know it's a compliment right. like you don't know how it's received and it's important how it's received because again like you said which is such a good way to put it it's just small daily reminders every day that this world is not yours. You don't fit here. You're different. And and it really isn't the case because minorities aren't really the minority. Yeah, and it will actually, I guess, yeah, be the majority at a certain point. And, you know, it's just not reflected that way. And it's just because Hollywood, for example, is, like, based on this system that has been since the beginning of its inception. And mm-hmm. it's just nobody has ever, like, pushed it over. And I think with Netflix and stuff, those things are— Hopefully starting to happen and with people like you who are creating your own content and you know acting and, and writing oh, this podcast yes. or just case reporter <laughs> yeah, shining and her, this light. Kiss my Angelus, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I think, you know, yeah, it's interesting because I definitely, especially in like my pursuit to talk to people about feminist issues, that is always the first hurdle for me is like explaining why I even have to do this and it's almost like because of me having to explain this yes. right now is because yes. half the battle is convincing you it's happening and the fact that I have to convince you that's part of my life experience is real is horrifying and Low like and really valid really, yeah yes. that's my
1: thing validity is the is a big thing and I feel like every human being just wants to be seen right you know wants to To know that what I'm feeling is valid and real and everything. And for me, that's the biggest thing. I mean, if I didn't see anybody who looked like me, I would never go, you know, on screen. How would I know that I could be an actress? How would I know that I could do those things, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's a huge thing for me. And that's why it is so important where it's like, okay, if, you know, I'm going neck and neck with one other actress of color, it's so important that if she gets it, I'm I'm excited about that. Because that is one step forward in this whole journey for us, you know?
0: And especially since, you know, my 20-year-old cousin recently moved in with us and we were recently just talking about this, how the things that we ended up being good at are things that we were told we were good at when we were younger. And the things we deem ourselves not good at, we remember being told we weren't good at it. And we just gave up on those things. And it's, uh, you know, the same but different when you're seeing things on TV. Like, yeah, nobody's telling you you know, oh, you can't be an actress, but there is something to not seeing black actresses on TV when you're younger that says that in Mm -hmm. your head. It just Mm -hmm. makes it feel like, well, none of them are on there. So what makes me different and why am I? So, you know, I think for anybody who finds it hard to justify why it's necessary to have diversity, not just in Hollywood, in any industry that's not diverse, that has such an influence like Hollywood, like the tech industry, like wherever, where there's just like a huge gap in, you know, men versus women or people of color versus, you know, white people or whatever, you know, the privileged class, I guess. It's just, it all filters down. It all kind of trickles down into how you kind of see the world and then how you treat people. Like if you see better Portrayals of LGBT, you know, members of that community, just portrayed as characters on TV. That's why, like these breakdowns for me, why isn't it just a description of what the character is? Yeah. And let these professional actors come and audition. You right. know, um, I read that. Um, I'm not going to think of her name right now. April from Parks and Rec. Oh, oh Audrey Plaza. Audrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. yeah. Um, that they wrote that character for her based on her audition because she was so strange and they just loved it. And and whoever was casting was like, you need to write a character because she's... And like how many directors and casting people are missing out on that because they're like, must be skinny, must be white, must be black, must be blonde, must act like this. Like Mm -hmm. so many, you're just chipping away before you even see the pool of... Options, right? Yes,
2: absolutely. Yeah,
0: and you never know; it might take you in that different direction, and you know. um, But obviously, there is a lighter side. There is Netflix. There's Amazon. There's put publishing your own content. So we talked about some of those shows. What are some shows or movies you guys want to shout out? What before we get to the Oscar red carpet? Um, that you guys are watching, that you guys feel like... I, and I don't always know who directs or writes or whatever. I just know kind of what connects me to certain characters and stuff. But what are some shows or movies that you guys are watching that you feel like are...
2: Like, really? Um, well, you watch everything, Stacey. <laughs> you yeah. go first. I'll, I'm currently watching just a couple of things. Um, I'm watching Better Call Saul. Nice. Which is great. Mm, it's nice. so hilarious. And I'm watching... Uh, uh, the X-Files. The new oh, one? That? Yeah. Um, the first three were awesome. Mm-hmm. Or first four. The fifth and sixth. I just started the sixth one. I was like, mm, I don't know. And the fifth one was awful. Brent oh, wow. Brennan and I are, are like, wow. They just crap the bad oh, big man. time. <laughs> like, Hollywood like, well, is. Let's get them
0: excited mm-hmm. and then
1: they'll be fine. We'll go. Who Does it like, frustrate yeah.
0: you that because i feel like it would drive me fucking crazy as like a young creative who's trying to get in the industry that so much shit is recycled. Like mm. they're acting like the pool of ideas is just shallow as hell when it really it's <laughs> like can you try to look for something i mean fuller Especially house. files. Yeah, yeah, because oh, you can do God. whatever you want. I mean, it's aliens and supernatural, yeah. you can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. So
1: do whatever you want, but make it yeah. interesting.
0: And the movies, not to mention these goddamn superhero movies. I mean, Jesus Christ, how many times do they have to remake these movies? Wait, though, we got to take it
2: back
1: because I love superhero movies. Yeah. I, I mean, look, look. I, you that. know
2: what? This is where it gets really interesting <laughs> is that as with the superhero movies in particular, it's all about copyright. So it's like something, and now I know I'm going to not get this right exactly, but, like, for example, Spider-Man. Something about the rights of Spider-Man is that the, whoever produces that, that series will lose the rights of Spider-Man after seven years if they don't produce another one. Whoa. So they, that's that. why you're going to keep seeing more uh. Spider-Man because when Spider-Man disappears from the scene, then the rights are up and somebody mm. else can take it. What so. a
0: horrible rule. I know.
2: It's kind of like, oh, yeah. we've got
1: to think of something. But I, the, the thing I like about that kind of is like something like um, the Hulk. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't quite get it right the first time they did it, <laughs> oh, and they kept on trying. But I love it because people will—I will keep going back to watch it to see if it gets yeah. better. And the, the the concept that they came in with the Avengers and that Hulk, I love Mark yeah. Ruffalo. I love yeah. his take on I it. Love I love Ruffalo. everything about love that. Oh, my God.
0: But, um, I, I think maybe if there wasn't so much of pre-sold stuff mm-hmm. and that you could kind of—because I can get down with— superhero movies for sure. Especially but, the
1: dark ones, the ones oh yeah. that are like mm-hmm. based kind of in reality. Yeah, and I
0: like the action part of it and the kind of excitement, but it feels like the stories are just, the storylines are recycled and there isn't, I forgot what, okay, uh, What We Do in the Shadows was a movie that I felt like, <gasps> I showed her the it was so part. just random. I love movies like that, that it's just a different story. Transparent is definitely a show yeah. that was necessary and also different and I love that it happened before the Caitlyn Jenner thing. Yeah. I just was like, oh, you would be so less appreciated yeah. if it was it just the timing would worked out perfectly for them. But yeah. I think it's it's really great. Oh, look, Lady Gaga's on the red carpet. Nice. Right now. She looks really good.
1: She does look really good actually. Yeah. Some of the shows I've been watching and some of them I've been rewatching. Oh, so Broad City, it comes- sorry, let's just show oh, oh, Broad City. Broad, yes.
2: Is really good. Those those Rolls, man. Yeah. Amazing. Changing the game. Togetherness, really
0: good. But yeah, broad, and that, started as there. a web series. Yeah. Yep. Which mm-hmm. is really great. Exactly. Yeah. They created what they that. to do. Yep. Yeah.
1: It do. opened up something huge. Um, I just talked about Being Mary Jane. So phenomenal. And then another show that Mara Brockakill did a while back that was like seven seasons long was called Girlfriends. Yeah. And that's another mm-hmm. really positive black
0: show girlfriends that's is awesome. so freaking good.
1: I think
2: my my acting teacher slash feature aunt-in-law, uh, my fiance's aunt is my acting teacher. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <that> done. Uh, <laughs> I, I think she, Karen Austin, I think she's one of the
1: few white women. Doesn't in Kelsey Grammer really? have something to yeah. do with girlfriends? Oh yeah. And the game. Kelsey Grammar does. A can I use your phone it, to look at yeah. her picture and then yeah, you can me, see? Okay. You know,
0: I loved girlfriends.
1: So good. And then so, blackish. So I loved Tracy Ellis Ross, Ross was the lead in Girlfriends
0: and She's the lead, the co yeah, 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 yeah. Blackish Side. So I haven't good. seen that, but I've heard really good things about so it. So
1: good. But she- another TV show that I've been watching that's not that's not really diverse, but it's very good is Love on Netflix.
2: Yeah, Jed <gasps> Opetowski okay. series. I have a story about that. <laughs> you know Paul Russ, the guy who plays the lead character? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: He's definitely so went to
2: college with him, definitely nice. knew him and no maybe way. went on. Oh, just a
1: couple times. Love- That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: That was the vaguest, unvague, greatest dating story
1: ever. Is he as quirky as he is in love? Yeah,
0: and he's so sweet. And he
1: seems like. Right I
2: haven't seen, I just started watching the first episode, yeah. so I can't. It's good. But I think, I think it would probably fall in line with what he's like in real life. Um, uh, the thing about him is, like, I won't say that we are really close. Um, we got to know each other a little bit there before... He graduated in college, but um, uh, I was—I knew him way before. Like Amazing. he was already a star at University of Iowa because oh, wow. there was this um, Friday night thing that happened weekly called No Shame Theater, and it was open mic. And there were like, That's a good name. <laughs> yeah, No Shame. It was really perfect because you would come in and you bring—I don't know—it was like five or ten pages of of whatever. It could be um, a lot of them were sketches or scenes. Some of them were like, one time we had these guys uh, juggling. The two guys were juggling pins, you know, like bowling pins on fire. And they had to be naked, so they wouldn't light their clothing on fire. And then, <laughs> so they had the lights turned off, so you wouldn't see them naked. But then the guy, of course, Have at the booth it? turned on the lights and saw him naked. <laughs> oh, my God. So there's, like, anything. There was Iowa is where it's
0: at, apparently.
2: It <laughs> yeah. was, oh, my God. University of Iowa was the shit. But anyway, Paul went up, like, every week. So everybody would applaud when he came on stage. He had this great sketch called The Bump the bubble gum gang and they would solve mi- murder mysteries.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's good. That's He's so cool. Yeah. And
2: I remember like uh, when I first moved to LA, I shot him an email and he uh, Connected me with his commercial agent. Like, he's a really sweet. sweet dude. I'm so, I mean, we haven't kept in touch, so I'm not trying to hey, like, make he'll it sound he'll like. You're this
0: podcast. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm not <laughs> trying to sound like I'm name dropping or like I'm like, ooh, Paul and I are so close. But I'm really, I, I think he's done such a great job and I'm really, yeah, um, he's doing so for him. kicking ass it's right now. It's so funny. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I watched the, the first and second episode, I think. I fell asleep somewhere. Mm-hmm. Not because it's not good, but because just I, I have. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot during the day. Um, I want to end on um Wait, a- let me just show Stacey this. Bit. Oh, sorry. That's pretty, <laughs> pretty my <code. laughs> I
2: don't know your password.
0: So oh, of I'm- the guy?
2: No, this is um, my uh, acting teacher. Do you recognize her from Girlfriends?
0: Hmm. Karen Austin. Was she in front of the camera?
2: Um, yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> I think That's she was one familiar. of the only, only, like... Cause, um, let me say My friend, Martin Washington Jr., who's in class with me, he was a huge fan of... Of Girlfriends? Of Girlfriends. I mean, and I just started... Like, I'm on
0: season two right now, so maybe oh, she's, like... okay. I've watched it before, but it was yeah. a long
1: time ago. So maybe I, when I catch her, I'll let you know. Okay. And yeah. it
0: does, like... It overlaps with the game in my head. Oh, yeah. Like, in a weird way. Really? I don't know why. I'm like, wait. Damn, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <Yeah, it's mad." laughs> Um, But, okay. So I want to end on... A, saying that it's, it's inspiring to see women like you, like, navigate the industry and do so successfully. I think you guys Aww. are kicking ass. Thank you. Obviously, Thank you. the links to your work are in the post, so um, any obby. listeners can, <laughs> obby, they can check it out. Um, and since, hopefully, we have some maybe young, aspiring actors and actresses listening, um, give them some advice from you guys kind of being in the thick of it. What, what do you want to tell your young young, future actors of the world— for me one of the
1: biggest things is um, make sure if you come out here to have a like re- a really strong foundation that's not the business um, you have to have a grounded sense of self really I mean and even if you're not necessarily like a religious or spiritual person there has to be something else going on besides this 100% hunger for the business because it's so it's such a roller coaster and the downs could bring you really down. And I feel like there's something else you need to be connected to. And it, that could bring be like back a group up. of friends. Yeah, that could be a strong family connection. Or even if it's just one girl or one... I'm speaking to the woman, like the girl, the girl actress. Um, find another girlfriend who's in it, who you can share these experiences with, who... You guys can turn your brain off, go have ice cream, have nothing to do with acting. Like, that's so important to me. Yeah. You know, you need a world outside of the business. Mm-hmm. So, that has nothing to do with the business itself, yeah. but it's
0: so important I to me. Love I love that you gave that advice because I, Chevy and I volunteered at UCLA at the career boot camp. And wow. uh, the, some of the girls were asking me about like navigating, you know, any kind of male dominated industry and whatever. And I totally brought you guys up because I said, <gasps> you know, we, we started this like front of house department and our meetings turned from operational to just, we needed each other to just, Vent and talk, and I was like, "So find people you connect with yeah. and use them as your support system because you're going to need it." Like females are
1: amazing. I never understood the whole thing about, "Oh, I don't have any girlfriends; they're horrible." Like, <laughs> you need, a, you yeah. need females. Yeah. yeah, they can be amazing. Be amazing to them. They can be amazing to yeah. you. Open yourself. And they're up going to that experience. through it, especially yeah.
0: in if they're in the same industry as you. Yeah. They are navigating the same waters. It's not competition. It's a support system. Support. You need it. They're going to get it. You know, Whereas other people might be like, that's not happening. And it's not because you're a woman. It's not because you're black. It's like, yeah. you don't know that, please. I need yeah. someone to understand. Yeah. Um, so that's really awesome advice, and I'm glad that you're imparting that to our young listeners. What about you, Emily?
2: Uh, well, you'll hear, so let's say you're a young actor, and you're like, I want to act, and <laughs> I'm going out to LA or New York, or maybe not, maybe you just want to stay and do community theater, which is totally valid as well. Um, But you'll hear people say, like, if you want to move out and do the acting thing professionally, a lot of people will advise you. First of all, they'll say, oh, it's so hard. And the second thing they'll say is, well, if you can think of anything else that you want to do, don't do acting. Well, here's my response to that, which is do it. At least try. Because you will find out, by default, just by the nature of this profession, uh, if if that's what you really want to do um, or not and maybe it'll lead you down a career path that you didn't wouldn't otherwise have discovered maybe right. you'll find you love set design maybe you'll find you casting. want to write a lot of people go
1: to cast maybe
2: you'll find you're really good at casting um, or maybe you'll you'll say you know I really like acting but I, I want to you know go back home to my small town and do community theater and have this regular job like that's cool too. Uh, But I would say absolutely give yourself the opportunity to discover that because people want
0: to... Ooh, it's Leonardo DiCaprio on the TV. We have to take a
2: brief Leo pause
0: (laughs) for Sarah. We lost focus. But, no, that advice was really, really good. I think that's...
2: I think uh, a lot... Oh, sorry. Let me just... No, uh, go uh, ahead.
0: Don't worry. We'll see plenty of him. (laughs) We'll we'll see plenty. He'll be up
2: on that stage. Yep. (laughs) Leo, he's going to make a speech soon um, because he's going to win, of course. Uh, But uh, I think... A lot of people are going to come up at you with fear-based responses, right? And they're going to try to like f- solve, protect you before you even step foot into this career. Yep. So they will say, have a backup plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, don't do this if it's if you can think of anything else you want to do. All this like fear-based stuff. I'd say you know obviously take care of yourself. Ha- get a job that pays, but allows you to pursue your dream. Right. But um. But don't, listen, you don't know where this path is going to take you. All you can do is just honor that you've been called to try it. Yep. So just try. Yeah, honor that you. curiosity. That's
0: such yeah. an important thing to to say to, to women and, and, you know, of, of course, like minorities who aren't represented. Because, because the industry is how it's been and it's, like, dominated by white males or, or white people, you know, it's almost like a lot of, young women or whatever just don't, and not just Hollywood, they just don't want to go into it because of how hostile it could be. Mm -hmm. And like to those people and those industries, I like, there's, it's not going to be easy for anybody if you don't do it. Because even if it's going to be hard for you, like you're fucking, you know, laying down tracks for generations Mm -hmm. later. And like, I, it's so important to think about the impact that you have on, you know, Like for me, like my younger cousins or whoever is looking up to you. And if it's just going to be like, you know what, it's hostile for women, which honestly came up when I was younger because I, my parents used to take me on commercial auditions and stuff like that. I don't know where that even came up, but I have like this weird like part of my youth where that's what we did. And my parents were advised by a friend of theirs who was a really big director in Hollywood to not at all even think about it for a daughter because it was such a volatile industry for really? women. And to that, I always think like, that's all the more reason you should be mm-hmm. a maverick for other women who are desperate to get into it, but are fearful, you know, yeah. like face the fear and you're gonna lead the way for a lot of women and people of color and and it wasn't, you know, um, I forget uh, who it was on the documentary that said that, where, she said that there wasn't any Asian news anchors when she started out and she said, you know, you you don't always look for mentors who look like you because sometimes they're not going to be there and it's okay. Like find mentors and people that it's, you know, inspire you and then you're going to look like, you know, the new face of who, mm. what's possible for people who are younger. Right.
2: You're yeah, I think that's really wise. Yeah. It's too late for us. (laughs) We're old hags. Um, I would say a good spiritual practice, just a daily practice for your career and for yourself, is just start to become aware of fear when it presents itself in Mm -hmm. yourself, when it presents itself in other people. It takes so many forms, and I've started to notice how it's so commonplace that it's really become standard that mm-hmm. uh, we make a lot of fear-based decisions, not even knowing that it's fear-based. Mm-hmm. That we're trying to prevent some projected bad thing from happening, and uh, and so we don't even try, or we right. don't give it our all, or or whatever it may be. It can be something really small. It could be something really yeah. big. But once you just start to cultivate that awareness, then you get gain control over it because then you're like. Yeah well, this is fear, and then you have the choice, do I want to make this decision based on this fear or not? Yeah. And sometimes maybe you do, and that's okay too, like yeah. maybe you really do, it is worth listening to that fear. But very often, if you give yourself the option, the option and the choice, you can say, I it's choose like the, not to yeah. choose fear. The
0: fear so goes many, away. There's so yeah. many
1: times where you look back on things you've done that you were fearful of and you're like, why, was I, why did yeah. I feel that way? Yeah. Remember that feeling, yeah. Remember, yeah. remember that, totally, why did I totally. feel that? and think about that for this specific yeah. opportunity, this specific you know instance where you feel fearful. You will get through that hump. Keep walking through the doors yeah. if they're open until they just shoot like close on your face. Just keep walking through those doors, you know? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I, fear for me is always like symbolized by like a really thick fog. And I think the fear itself is that you can't see through it, yeah. but you have to walk through it for it to like dissipate and you oh, yeah. to kind of see. And so for me, it's like not doing it is, like, the fear, like, winning that battle. Because it got you to do what fear gets you to do, which is to stop, you Mm -hmm. know? And the whole point is to keep moving forward, because if we don't, who will? Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're doomed. And
2: you deny yourself, like, an amazing journey or learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie, producing a a film, even if it was a short film, that scared the shit out. I had no clue. I still don't know what I'm doing. Oh, man, (laughs) but it's it's super well. (laughs) Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I could have— failed dramatically, but really I wouldn't have because I tried, you know, so it's just, uh, I would say, especially in this career too, if you find that doors, like Stacey was saying, doors are opening and they're leading you to things where you're like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've Mm -hmm. never produced a film before, or I've never uh, edited before, never like, you know, made my own, written my own content before. Just, you know, in that situation, say yes to the fear, and I mean, in, in that you walk through it and you try. Yeah, or not yes to the fear. You know what I mean? Yeah, say yeah. no to the fear. Yes to the curiosity. Like yes to say the yes curiosity. to challenging
0: the fear. Yeah. Yes,
2: because yeah. the worst thing that'll happen is be that you you failed at it, but you really just gave yourself an opportunity to learn.
1: I have one small little tip. Go as well. for it. Yeah, I'm sure. A huge can... thing is responsibility, like um, remembering that each little step you take. Is your responsibility. Like, you can't blame other people for, I didn't get this far because of this person, I didn't do this. Like, you have to make sure to take responsibility for your actions, take responsibility for that step forward through that door, Mm -hmm. through that fear. And it seems like it's a lot to take on, but it's really liberating when you're like, I'm the only one making this decision. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna take responsibility for my career and I'm just gonna make this short film. You know, I'm not gonna rely on anybody else. Besides, you know, if you want to get a crew together, yes, but I'm not going to rely on other other people to say yes, but I'm going to take responsibility. It's so liberating because it's hard to do
0: and the failure is yours, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, and on the flip side, it's like if you're just going to listen to those people who kind of in their attempt to protect you are really underlying those fears you have in your head, it's like if you don't do it. That's your responsibility to own. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you can say, well, my parents said that Hollywood exactly. is like hostile. Like, well, then you, know, you can't, your parents aren't living your life and you have to face those, those decisions that you made. So no. you know, whether you do it or don't do it, it's like you have to make that choice based on you because yeah. it's yeah. only be gonna be you. And be gentle on
2: yourself no matter what you mm-hmm. decide. Like yeah. If you do decide to say, hey, I'm too fearful to do this, then fine. That's your decision. Like, feel good about your decision. Don't beat yourself up because you, like, telling yourself you weren't brave enough or whatever that dialogue is that you had in your mind. Like, you have the right to make that decision. It's your life. So, you know, that's okay if you decide this is not worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm sure we're going to have you back here soon because you're amazing and you have a lot of good wisdom to impart on our, the young women of, America and the world. I don't know who's listening and where they're listening from, but we'll include everybody. All right. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank Thank you. See you next time.